And welcome back to another edition of the Boulders Extra Podcast. And you know by now what happened Thursday night in Ann Arbor. It wasn't pretty. It was ugly. It was messy. It was embarrassing. It's actually a line in my story, by the way. But I'm going to start off with a with some humor. I made the comment after the game that CBS was on the phone with the Big Ten wanting to switch out Sunday's game against Maryland at Mackey Arena. Because Maryland lost by 23 points tonight to Iowa. And Purdue lost by 24 points at Michigan. So combined, the two teams lost by 47 points. I think CBS is kind of looking for anything else but these two teams right now. So that's my humor to get things started on this probably short version of the podcast, because there's not really much to say other than this was an ass-whipping. And it's a podcast, and you can say ass, and you can say other things. And this was just the good old-fashioned ass-whipping that Purdue received from Michigan. Timing of it, the short turnaround, the fact that Purdue won the game uh, a few days ago in Mackey Arena, uh, the emotion, the emotional win over Illinois, and then 48 hours getting on the road and trying to play another big game. Those, all that stuff adds up a little bit. And, you know, Purdue didn't get off to a, a horrible start. It actually shot the ball pretty well the first 10 minutes. It was, um, if I remember my notes correctly, I believe they were 10 of 14 when Ethan Morton hit a three to tie the game at 24. So, although it was only Jaden Ivey and Travion Williams really doing anything offensively, they, they, they had the look and feel of a team that was just not there. Out of sync, a step slow, um, they couldn't get threes to go down, uh, Ivy had to work for every basket that he got, unlike last Saturday when it came a little bit easier. Michigan made some adjustments, they blitzed the ball screens, and they did some different things to, to try to get him out of rhythm, and it worked. And he was not as effective. Um, but this whole game just had uh, the look and feel of a team that was playing its third game in a, in a short period of time. And these these are not excuses. It's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, Michigan had the same schedule. And they had to travel uh, Tuesday back to Ann Arbor. So... You know, the teams were on an even playing field as far as schedule and all that. Michigan did, you know, was the better team, the tougher team, uh, the more uh, tuned-in team, however you want to put it. Um, and 
what Michigan did to Purdue tonight is what Purdue has done to how many teams this year at Mackey Arena. Now, maybe they didn't win by 24, but they blitzed. How many teams have Purdue blitzed at Mackey Arena? They blitzed Illinois in the second half the other night. You know, they they got up on Michigan double digits before Michigan, you know, closed the gap late. You know, the, Purdue has done this to teams, and they got a taste of their own medicine tonight. And there's nothing, I mean, Purdue got humbled. I mean, they got they got humbled big time in a big game, you know, after 48 hours of, of moving into a tie uh, for the Big Ten lead with two other teams. You know, think about this. Purdue has not really handled success, or maybe not success. How about Purdue really hasn't handled notoriety very well this year? They get ranked number one, and four days later, they lose at Rutgers. They move into a tie for first place in the Big Ten with Illinois and Wisconsin. And then 48 hours later, they're out of first place uh, in the Big Ten. So, the, the, the weird mojo going on there with, with this team. And this is still a good basketball team, and I know that you believe that. And what you what you watch tonight, I don't believe, is a a sign of things to come. Now, here's here's really my biggest takeaway uh, from this game. We all know Purdue's defense is not very good. It hasn't been very good. It has been the Achilles heel. But what has happened in most most of Purdue's games this year? The offense has been really good. It's been excellent. It has kept them in every game. Tonight, it didn't. And this is... This basically was the worst-case scenario for Purdue. Is that the offense fell flat. The defense was the defense that we've seen most of the year. And you faced a team that got hot from three. You faced a team that the two inside guys were better than Purdue's two inside guys. And you end up getting crushed. And in a, in a way... I am a little surprised that it hasn't happened. It, it has taken this long for that to happen. Now, Purdue's had some off nights offensively. You know, the the record is clear. They score 70 or more, they win. When they don't, they lose. They've had some off nights offensively as a group. You know, the Indiana game was not a great night as a group offensively. You know, Rutgers... Um, it's similar. Uh, so they've, they've had some nights like that. But for the most part, their offense has trumped everything that, you know, cover, it, cover, it, it has covered up the bad defense. And that's how this team is. That's how this team is built. This is how Painter recruited this team. And this is who they are. And if you're if you're hoping or thinking that all of a sudden they're going to become a really good defensive team, you know, you have not really been following things. This team will win because of its offense. And when its offense doesn't shine collectively, and when you have to lean on one or two players to do it, 
Purdue is not going to win against good competition. They're not going to do it. And tonight proved that. You know, it was it was it was uh, a combination of things: the bad offense and, and Michigan's hot offense. And as I said, you know, Purdue was doing well early. You know, they, they, they it was a, it was a quick pace early, and then it slowed down. Purdue got itself back in the game at, at tied at twenty four, and then Hunter Dickinson and uh, uh, Debate just took over. And they scored all 14 points uh, in the final seven minutes of the first half. And, you know, basically the game was over. Um, you know, Purdue's play at the four position tonight was was poor. Um, with, with Caleb First and Mason Gillis, uh, you know, they were, they were, they were really bad defensively. Uh, they didn't double when they were supposed to. Um, and then offensively, they didn't, neither one really gave Purdue... Uh, anything uh, tonight, and that's why, you know, Painter was just searching for something when he played the two bigs together. You know, he was trying to get some rebounds because Michigan crushed Purdue on the boards, you know, just like Purdue crushed Michigan on the boards. Uh, Purdue turned the ball over. Uh, they had seven turnovers in the first game, and they had seven turnovers with 5.33 to go uh, in the first half. Uh I mean, they. This was, you know, this was by far produced worst game of the year, and I, you know that, you saw it, you watched it. Um, and it's, it's not something that technically they needed to get out of their system because it was not something that you saw coming. But I do think, as you look back on it now, the stretch that they had to go through, and again, Michigan had the same thing. The stretch that they had to go through probably caught up with them a little bit. And again, that's not an excuse. It's just more of a, a reality. And when you're, and when you're a jump shooting team that relies on the three pointer like Purdue does, and they don't go down, and then you don't go inside as much as maybe, you don't you don't switch up and then okay, just go pound the ball inside. Um, you know, this is what this is what you get. And you know, Zach Eady, Eady never got established. You know, picked up a foul 38 seconds into the game. He had to come out. Um, so it just, it, it just never, it never clicked offensively for Purdue, even though, you know, Ivy was getting in the lane and doing, doing the things that he, that he has been doing recently. Uh, but, um, you know, this was just, this was a bad night for Purdue, a great night for Michigan. Um, you know, back when he played the, he played the bigs together. He was trying to get some rebounds, trying to, you know, let Trayvon play at the four, maybe create something for Zach or create something for himself. But as you saw, this is the reason why Matt doesn't play these two together is because in transition defense, you know, basically it can be a five on three because those guys are not going to to make it uh, to the other end in time. And that's when Eli Brooks got hot, uh, hitting four three-pointers. Uh, and the game was already put away, but it just that put the, you know, that, that threw the dirt on the grave at that point. Uh, but that's that's you know because I've been asked that question, you know, why don't they play the bigs together? Well, that's that's the reason uh, because you, you get burned in transition defense. You know, offensively the two did okay and gave Purdue a little bit of a lift, but um, it's 
you know, defensively is why that doesn't happen more and probably will not happen again. I, I just think Painter was desperate for anything uh, to happen, and why not? Why not try it in a game like this just to see um, if if there's anything there, if there's a stretch coming up against the team or later in the year or in the NCAA tournament that, you know, if you want to play four minutes with the two bigs, then uh, you go ahead and do it. And, you know, you've got a little bit of experience with it now. They don't practice together anymore. You know, they're not on the same team in practice. Uh, you know, they did it over the summer to see if it would work. And, you know, and tonight, you know, again, there's some film there. So maybe they'll go back and look at it and see uh, if it's, this was just a, a desperation move or something that they can use uh, down down the road. But I think you all know for this team to be at the level that it has been and played at the level that it has been, that it's the collective group. Um, and it's not, you know, it just can't be one. It can't be two. It's got to be the collective group. And this was a rare sight because, as I said earlier, I, you know, you don't expect this team to have this many, these players to have this, you know, all these players to have this off night on the same night. And it was probably bound to happen, uh, to be honest. And as I said, you know, we're, uh, 25 games into it now and it happened and it happened like it did in game 25 does tell you the consistency consistency that they have played with offensively throughout the year. And, again, I don't believe this is going to linger. This is something, I, you know, as of right now, I think it's a one-shot deal. It's, it's a humbling defeat. You know, it crushes your um, – it, it makes you take – you know, it makes you take a step back if you're a player. It's like, okay, how do you, how do you get out of this? And, you know, they say all the right things when we ask them questions about it. But, you know, there's a little bit of soul searching going on now to make sure that this does not fester into something else. This is not uh, where Purdue doesn't limp to the finish line, uh, that they get that back as quickly as possible. And it's a veteran team. It knows what it has to do, you know, and it knows its deficiencies on defense. Um, But... To overcome those, Purdue has to be uh, a little bit better offensively every night, and they and they have been for most of the year, and they've been really good offensively. Uh, they're the number one team in the country when it comes to offense, and I know everybody wants them to play defense. And this, you know, if, if this was another team, one of Purdue's other teams in the last five years, uh, they would have stayed in the game defensively with their offensive struggles. And the game would not have gotten away from them like it did. But that's not this team. They're offense first. Um, they try to play defense. I mean, as I think I said the other night, and I apologize for the Illinois podcast if it didn't come all the way through. Uh, I did reload it up. But I said the other night, um, you know, Illinois, I think, went one for ten from three in the second half. Well, I mean, you do want to credit Purdue's defense for some of that, but Illinois had open shots, just like Michigan had open shots. Michigan hit its open shots. Illinois didn't hit its open shots the other night. And, uh, you know, and that's that's what you do. I mean, and did Michigan play great defense on Purdue tonight? No. You know, Purdue missed its open shots. 
you know, Sasha Stefanovic, I, I didn't think all the shots were great. I, th- I thought a couple were rushed, but he missed open shots. Mason Gillis, who's been a really good three-point shooter, missed his open shots. Um, so it's, you know, this, this team is offense and it needs its offense and I think they'll get it back. Now they get a, they get a Maryland team that is really scuffling right now and just gave up 110 to Iowa. You know, if Purdue is on, on its game or even close to on its game, then they should win comfortably on Sunday. If Maryland's going to play that kind of defense or allow two guys to get 30 points on them, which Iowa did, Jordan Bohannon and Keegan Murray each went for 30 against Maryland, uh, in that game. But Purdue still has plenty to play for. It still, in a way, controls um, its path to a regular season title. Now, you, you, you do need Illinois to lose again. But let's say, for example, if Purdue would win out now, and that's a possibility. You know, you beat Wisconsin, you're going to be tied with them. You're going to have that tiebreaker even though you split with Wisconsin, because if Illinois is still hovering around the top, Purdue is a, is 2-0 and against Illinois, and Illinois and uh, Wisconsin can't be 2-0 and against Illinois. Uh, so, um, you know, Purdue is still in good shape to at least win a share of the title, and it's not that far of a reach to see them winning it outright. Because there's 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 too many head-to-head games that are going to be played between these teams um, the last three or four weeks. I mean, it just is. And even though Purdue was on a six-game winning streak and they beat Illinois and they're at the top of the league and all that, I still felt it was going to lose again. I felt like Purdue would suffer another loss at some point in the season. I didn't know if it'd come Thursday. I knew this was a tough game because of the way the schedule had lined up and you just played Michigan and you... And you beat them, and you beat them up on the rebounding, and um, you did a lot of, you know, Purdue did a lot of good things in that game, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think Purdue would win out. You know, now I think they can. I, I, I think Purdue can win out now, and I know coming off of this kind of performance, that's the last thing that you're kind of thinking about. But the way the schedule now sets up. Um, because I, you know, as I've mentioned before, I thought if Purdue got through this three game stretch three and zero, that it would set them up perfectly to win the, the conference title outright. Now that they've had this loss, I, I don't think it sets sets set set up it's set up perfectly for them, but I, I still think it sets up well for them to at least gain a share, maybe win it outright. Because you get Maryland at home, you go to Northwestern. You get Rutgers at home, and then you go to Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Indiana. And you're playing Indiana at home. There are no easy games in the Big Ten. If, if, you know, if I'm looking at it objectively, the game that really scares, that should scare, scare Purdue, in my opinion, is the game at Northwestern. Because it's a road game. Uh, Northwestern has played a lot of close games this year. Yes, they don't have really the beef to hang with the inside guys, but, Strange things happen on the road. The Rutgers game is a tough game just because Rutgers has beaten Purdue four straight times. So you can't take any, you can't take that for granted. But Purdue's at home and they've been, they've been really good at home this year. 
So you lean on that a little bit. Michigan State is kind of revealed itself of, of who they are. Um, you know, I think by that time Purdue can Purdue will be the tougher team in that environment. Then the game at Wisconsin is kind of the the one game there that um, that could go either way, and that game probably will. I mean, the the loser of that game gets knocked out, uh, but the winner will be right there. And you know, Illinois has got a you know they have they have tough games, and then you know Purdue's got Indiana at the end. But I, I still think that Purdue is still in a in a good position. Everything that it wants to achieve is still right in front of them. They can win the regular season title. They can win the Big Ten tournament title. They can still get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament because more teams are going to lose across the country. Things are just it's college basketball is a, such a volatile sport, game to game to game, and you just you can't make absolutes after every single game to say this is what's going to happen or this all this. Yes, Purdue Purdue was exposed tonight in a way because its offense didn't function at the level that it has been functioning. Um, and I think it'll get back at that. But you do worry when you get in a tournament situation where it's a one you know, it's a one game situation, if your offense is not clicking on a neutral court, could the same thing happen again against a extremely talented team that they'll they'll come across at some point in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it can happen again. But now that you have this experience, how do you counter that? And the one thing that happened tonight is the one thing that Painter always talks about. What are you doing when the ball's not going through the basket? Well, you got to play defense, you got to rebound, you got to take care of the ball. Those things didn't happen tonight. We know they don't play defense, but this team has been the best team in the nation in rebounding margin all year. And during the six-game winning streak, they've taken care of the ball. They turned the ball over a lot, and they got blitzed on the boards. And you combine that with the the horrible shooting that they had tonight from three point the three-point line, and this is what you get. Now, will all those things happen again for Purdue in another game? They might, but maybe this experience going through this will force this team not to solely focus on shooting and how bad it is because that affected the other parts of the game. If they can overcome that and do the other things well to give them a chance to get their shooting going, because I I thought that's what was going to happen tonight, to be honest. Purdue got off, you know, Michigan came out hot. They They got a quick lead. Purdue came back. Ivy started to get in the rhythm. And then when Morton hit that three, I thought, okay, they're even. They've had a rough patch. They've turned it over, but here they are. But then it got the game got away from them. Their defensive flaws they could not overcome, and they stopped scoring. And that 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 just killed them. But the next time that happens, maybe they'll be better positioned to to get through those rough patches. And come out on the other end in a in a in the better in a better situation. At least that can be the hope for this team. Uh, and again, not all is lost. The season didn't end tonight. Uh, there's, as I said, there's still a lot there uh, for them. I will leave you with leave you with this. I think the moral of tonight is that Purdue should not play Illinois again. 
Because what has happened after Purdue has played Illinois this season? A double overtime victory in Champaign. Three days later, they lose at Indiana. And I really believe that that game, as physical as it was, as emotional as it was, and even though these are young people who bounce back, I believe that that double overtime game took something out of Purdue. Even though they got off to a good start in that game, but once they lost it, the turnovers came, the missed free throws, all that other stuff just unraveled. And, of course, Indiana got hot, Robert Fennessy got hot, and boom, it was over. But, you know, Purdue still had a chance to win that game. But I think they they left something in Champaign that night, that Martin Luther King Day. They left some of their game there. Flip ahead to Tuesday night. Purdue beats Illinois. Big second half. A lot of emotion. Two days later, they lose at Michigan. Again, I think Purdue left some of its game at home. And that's the result. So the only thing I can tell you is that you don't want to play Illinois again. (laughs) Because bad things happen after you play Illinois. The only time you want to play Illinois again this season is in the national championship game. Because there's no next game. And if you start off 0-1 next year after playing Illinois in the championship game, I think you would live with that. So I'll leave you with that. Again, we start with humor. We leave with humor. And and we appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully this podcast has recorded through the end and you can enjoy all of it or not enjoy it. It's up to you. We appreciate you stopping by. I hate 9 o'clock starts, but this one was over early, at least allowing a little bit more freedom at the end to, to do what I need to do. Anyway, thanks for stopping by Purdue Maryland on Sunday. We'll recap it afterwards and have a good day and uh, stay safe. And, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk Sunday after, uh, the game, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, as Purdue will host Maryland.